Everybody sells something. Whether you are in promotions, customer service, or sales, without a plan, you are looking at a near zero chance at success. Welcome to Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO with host Bill Bush. If you are looking to gain or retain your clients, this is one hour you and your business can't afford to miss. Now, here is your host, Phil Bush. Well, good afternoon again. This is Phil Bush, and you're listening to Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO. Happy to have all of you wherever you, wherever you might be in the world, whether it be afternoon, evening, morning, whatever. We have people dialing in everywhere. And today, my guest is good friend, and I'm really happy to have him with me, the managing partner of Tech CXO. He's been basically through the technology business 25 years plus, a comprehensive experience in senior technology sales and marketing executive for companies from the Global 1000 all the way to startups. He's often been engaged as an acting CXO for an organization. And today we're going to be talking about where you are in the sales process and kind of getting a perspective on that from Rick. Rick, really happy to have you with us. Welcome to our show. Thanks so much, Phil. I'm looking forward to a great conversation today. Well, you and I have had many over the years, and this will be another great one because fortunately you, when, when great minds think alike, sometimes you, you get, the, get that fire in the bottle and it works well. So it, we're talking about where people are in the sales process, Rick, and I know that's a, a major topic that you get involved in a lot. And so first of all, in this first part of our show, what I ta- want to talk about is you know, how do people kind of know where they are and what are those key – and the first thing I really want to ask you to give us – some background on is what are the key elements that people need to understand in terms of process or methodology? And those two words in themselves can be confusing. I know you've talked to me about that before. So just get us started down that path. When you start looking at an organization, what do you look for? Uh, good, good question, Phil. Um, in startups, you know, uh, and by the way, we do, as Phil mentioned, we do work from companies all the way from startups to the global yeah. or the, the Fortune 10 uh, companies. So the first thing, Phil, that we always uh, look for when we're, when we're chatting with one, of our, with one of our clients is, you know, what type of process do you have in selling to your market and your, your customers? Do you have one, yes or no? Uh, if the answer is uh, yes, then we say, is it aligned with the way that your audience and your buyer buys. A couple of um, you know, current terms for that is, is your selling process aligned with the buyer's journey? Yeah. And on a customer experience map, you know, is the experience that your team, sales team, you know, doing the activities, meetings and conversations they having, are they aligned with the way that the buyer likes to buy? Uh, second thing that we look for is, um, to assure alignment is in each stage of the selling process, do you have things that can be veri- mutually verified by ourselves mm-hmm. on, on our side of the table as well as the customer from their, their, their buying, buying side of the table? And, um, yep. the, and then really the, the third thing is, and this is where uh, whether it's a transactional sale, you know, that could be hours or days, or it could be a very 
complex um, sale that could take two or three years, do you have the metrics, measurements, and, and really, if you will, cadence associated with your selling process to accurately measure people's behavior and performance? Mm, interesting. Very interesting, Rick. And, you know, that's those three things, and again, Whatever, whatever words you use to describe them, so that, but that pretty much whatever you are, you've got, you kind of check for those in terms of where people are, where they're thinking. Is that a fair way to yes. say it? Yes. And you mentioned process and methodology. So point number one was, do you have a process? And number two, what methodology to you, do you use in your selling efforts? And we've, we've seen them all and quite frankly, coach a, a number of them, mm-hmm. but uh, we're somewhat agnostic in that, and, the, and that really is, is, is there a methodical science that, that your team uses and how they approach you know, their prospects and, and customers and, and sell to them? Very nice. So you, you go through that, pro, that, that situation where you're looking at process, understanding their methodology. And I guess one of the biggest things that I've seen through different organizations, and Rick, you and I have worked with some of the same companies, and we've both worked with some of the, as you say, the biggest of the big, and in some cases they're very small just getting going. But I know one of the things we've talked about in the past is, you know, trying to get people within the organization aligned around a unified process. What are your thoughts on that, and what are you seeing work, and what doesn't work? Well, uh, first of all, um, there's got to be a there's got to be uh, unification or alignment between the individual in the individual contributor and leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that half in jest, but very seriously in the fact that uh, I've seen more off more often than I like in my career. You know, uh, yeah. executive management force try to force fit. You know, a way of life and a way of selling that really is just countercultural and counterintuitive on, on the people that are being expected to perform the, uh, the activity on a daily basis. Second of all, and I mentioned pragmatism earlier in the conversation, is really we have a very lightweight philosophy. You know, the wow. answer test that I ask my, myself, Phil, is, if I were sitting here two years from this point in time, what would people actually be successfully doing, and what do they value? Right. As as far as that goes, and yeah. and and where I'm going with that part of the conversation is from an enablement standpoint. You know, resist the temptation, the human instinct and temptation to over-engineer the solution to the problem that that we're talking about today. Oh yeah. And, and the third is make make it make it make it practical. Um, See, Rick, and, Rick that, where I'm that going to me is that great is, words there. Yeah, I mean, Phil, you and you and I have led you know workout sessions and workshops with uh, with companies and with with clients before, and uh, you know portray it and teach it in a way that the the the, the recipient can and will adopt it and say, you know what, A, this makes sense, and B, this will add value to the time that I'm investing with my prospects and customers and trying to align and sell to them. Right. 
Yeah, and, and Rick, I think some of the words there are very important for the audience to really dive into and understand because you made the comment, and you and I have both seen this, where people try to force, you know, because it worked at the last stop, I'm going to force fit this where I am now, even though the last stop and where you are today have very little in common. And that yes. doesn't work. It just it just, and it basically leads organizations down very bad paths, and I know you've seen it. So you made some great comments there, and just the the key words alone, which is lightweight. I, I've the, the the temptation to over engineer. It's like people in the enablement field, and I know some of you who listen in are in that field, have a temptation to really just do too much. They think they've got to earn their pay by making it bigger and harder and tougher and whatever else. And that doesn't work. You know, now, is that kind of what you're saying there? Yes. Uh, I'll give you a, a practical example. One of our global clients, uh, we, uh, we've got about a three-year relationship with them, but the incoming call was from the SVP of Global Sales Ops. And she said, um, I've got a problem. I said, okay, tell me about it. She said, well, over the last decade, we as a company have invested in 12 different selling methodologies across the globe. We've implemented 32 different selling tools, and I have a 4% adoption rate. I said, oh, boy. Oh. I wonder what the problem is. And so <laughs> we, worked, we worked with her going back to your point of, you know, lightweight and practical, yeah. pragmatic, is uh, we designed yeah. what we internally call Clapton's Greatest Hits. We put the best of the best together that the sales force <laughs> really valued. And uh, we reduced the number of tools associated with that from 32 to, f- to four tools. And yeah. the salespeople love it. The sales leadership loves it. And and guess what? Our client is being very successful from a market perspective and, and driving growth. Yeah, so, so one of the things, folks, to, if you just listen to what Rick just said, I think, Rick, it's very important when you, you get a call like you got and they talk about the numbers of different things they have both bought and implemented. Anytime you hear big numbers, that clearly is a red flag. It just doesn't work, and you've got to go from where you you tried everything, and it sounded like this last client, they bought like one of everything, figuring something would work, to where you got them looking, as you say, at this the best of the best, and only looking at that, and I think that makes a huge difference, because let's face it, Rick, you and I have talked about this, selling is tough enough just on its own. We don't need to make it any tougher, do we? I mean, really? No. And, and I think that's one of the mistakes people in the enablement field often make is they feel like they, the only way they earn their, their paycheck is by showing how much they can put out there. And, and I think what you're saying, you, you guys have done at, tech at, at, at CXO, which I think is so important, is you focused on the notion of lightweight and practical. I think those are two great words for us to make sure that we guide our entire conversation with when we're in that field. So... I think that's very, very interesting stuff, Rick, and it sounds like that's kind of what you kind of, you all at CT, uh, I keep wanting to say CXO, Tech CXO, I'll get it right eventually, uh, you all really have done a great job really getting that mentality in place in many organizations. Well, thanks, Phil. I'm, I'm a little bit flattered, but uh, because I spent two-thirds of my career on, on actually the operating side of the table, you know, selling. Yeah. 
and leading sales and marketing organizations, I always look at uh, things through the lens of, okay, if I were if I were in my former operating role, either as an right. individual contributor, a sales manager, or a senior sales executive or sales leader, you know, what would I value, and yeah. how and how and how would I use it? And if it doesn't add value, even though it might be the most interesting intellectual concept on the planet, you know, it's mm-hmm. probably not going to work. Right. So, folks, in this, hopefully what you've gotten out of here in terms of us setting the stage as we move forward here is to understand that it, you know, to understand where you are today, are you aligned to the buyer's journey? Have you looked at what we often like to call the verifiable outcomes in the process that you've got today and the methodology? And, and, and as Rick talked about here, I think it's very important is it's too much is too much. You know, you, too much is not good. Too much is simply too much. Don't kid that. Don't kid yourself. And what you, what Rick mentioned, a couple of key words to keep in mind is the notion of lightweight and practical. And we come back and and our talk about talk this further about what to do. We're going to talk more about these terms of how do we make practical and, and lightweight decisions on behalf of organizations. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Maverin Sales and Marketing is a methodology independent and worldwide resource to help organizations better execute on sales process, sales coaching, sales planning, territory development, partner execution, and related topics. The organization works across all industries. Sales has certain elements that are beyond training and are better addressed by a company like Maverin, where each situation is unique. Reach out to Maverin by email at psbmaverin at gmail.com or call 404-840-4927. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. is sales execution optimization the new seo to reach phil bush or his guest today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to psbush at bellsouth.net now back to sales execution optimization and everyone welcome back Wonderful starting point today to talk about, you know, we're trying to talk today about the sales process, where you might be. And this doesn't matter if you're a seller, a sales manager, or a sales enablement professional. I get asked the question all the time about how do I know where I am? We're trying to really focus on that with this discussion today. And in our first one, we really talked a lot about two topics, you know, looking at your methodology and or your process and making sure it's lightweight and practical. Now we're going to talk a bit more about that, is what are the key elements that every organization really needs to. And I want to remind you again, if you want to dial in and ask a question of Rick or myself, please feel free to do so, 866-472-5790. You can email me, psbush at bellsouth.net. 
and happy to answer those questions after the fact via email. And, and you know, Rick, I think in that first segment, you really set us up so well. So, you know, let's talk now about, so now, you know, I know you talk a lot in some of the different documents that you've written, and you've written a lot, I realize, about some of the elements that need to happen. And, and one of them that you've talked a lot about, because sometimes, again, going back to the concept of over-engineering, um, reporting. And, and I know reporting is important. I'm not saying it's not. But it's the right kind of reporting. It's something I know that you're, you've been pretty vocal about when I've talked to you. <laughs> yes. Well, if you know, if you can't if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And so, right uh, to to set this part of the conversation up right, and it just segue from where we were before to where we want to go as far as metrics and measurements and, and reporting. You know, the assumption behind a, an aligned process, which, by the way, in today's world of subscription and SaaS services, is new customer acquisition onboarding the customer, growing the customer, and renewing the customer. So we're talking about the entire continuum, if you will, or value chain of, the, of your customer's relationship with you. And so um, mm-hmm. adding depth to what we said before, the, the first thing that I want to do is I want to look at uh, roles and responsibilities. In other words, if we're really going to play as a well-coordinated, high-performance team, who the different players on the team are, what are is each individual's roles and responsibilities, and how do I, how do they play efficiently and effectively with others in maximizing our impact on on driving, you know, the selling process um, to uh, an ultimate conclusion. Second dimension to that is is skills and competencies. And those two mm-hmm. things are important because, you know, in starting Phil in the in the dialogue of reporting is, you know, setting up the standards and expectations that you expect of the team. Standards, you know, of, of you know, level and type of selling activities. We 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 want the team to be performing, to be successful, whether it's inside, outside, enterprise, you know, or um, transactional sales. Uh, with that, the second is right. really uh, pipeline management, and, pi- mm-hmm. and the reason that I bring up pipeline and forecast management here is those are two totally different disciplines and 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 ways of measuring performance. When I'm when I'm when I'm speaking with a with a sales professional about their pipeline, I'm talking about the things like size, the size of their pipeline, or value. The shape of their pipeline, you know, where where their pipeline is in the different selling stages that we've set up, overall health of the pipeline, you know, how many mm-hmm. how many days or you know months has a particular sale been in a particular stage of the pipeline, right? And what's what's moved into the pipeline, what's moved out of the pipeline, what's moved back in the pipeline, what's dropped out of the pipeline, and why. Um, and then the the flip side of that is the forecast conversation. You know, whether it be month end, quarter end, or at the end of any particular sales reporting period, is trying to really get a a a, 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 a sense of confidence of forecast accuracy. And yes. and with that, not not just the 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 historic, typical, how much and when dialogue, 
that sales leaders love to have to flog the forecast with their teams, but really saying, Phil, you've got this opportunity forecasted for the end of December. Let's let's now talk about, you know, do you have access to uh, power? You know, yes. have you confirmed a closing time frame with the customer? And by the way, do you have a joint close plan in place mm-hmm. with your prospective customer? You know, yes. Has the customer agreed that they've got the right type uh, type of resources on their side of the table? Because with today's corporate governance, you know, uh, restrictions, you know, legal procurement, sourcing, a number of other stakeholders there's that we, we need to make sure that we've gotten aligned there. And then um, mm-hmm. going back to what I said initially is really measuring the type and quality of activity um, each individual is performing and the sales team is performing. Yeah. I think that's really good. And, uh, you know, I think, Rick, I think one of the things you just said there that I'd like everybody who's listening in, no matter where you are in the world, some things, you know, I know one of the things that I've been queried on after the show by some people is, hey, I'm in country X. Will this work? Well, there's certain things, folks, that work no matter where you are. I do recognize there are certain cultural differences, no argument at all. However, Rick just made a very important comment, which is the nature of when you say you're going to close something, have you got a joint plan with your potential customer to actually take it to that point? And I know, Rick, you've seen this and so have I so many times where the seller or sales team simply doesn't have that, but they think they're going to close it by the end of a particular time period just because, and we know that's not true. So I'm, I'm sure that's kind of what you You bring seen. up a very interesting dimension of the equation. I've been blessed in my career to work doing what we're talking about in 76 different countries all over the world, and so <laughs> I'm not the typical crazy American that, that really prescribes <laughs> one aspect or way you know, of interacting with your prospects and with your customers because I know culturally, you know, in different parts of the world, that that dialogue and that process is very different. But the importance yes. is is to have a well defined and measured one. Right. Yeah. And and, it can, and and you know, Rick, you're one of the few people who worked in more countries than me, and I know you have. So I think it's good for you to kind of say that because. We do get inquiries from our listeners about that, uh, about the different aspects of, you know, I sell in country X. Yeah, there are differences, but what Rick has really said to you today, folks, I think is really important is wherever you are, you've got to have some definition that is consistent within that framework, whether it be a country, whether it be multiple countries or regions, and I think that's really important, Rick, and I think that's a great way to look at it. So that's good for us all to take away from this. And, you know, Rick, the whole thing on reporting metrics, the whole business, you know, I, I guess one of the things that I'd like you to kind of talk a bit about with our audience is, you know, does it really depend on how well the company is doing today to determine where they need to go? Because... I think many times you get called in like you did with that previous, you know, that sample client you mentioned earlier with people who who need help. But I'm just curious to know, 
What have you seen in terms of people who called you in, call you in to get help versus people who call who, who you just find through different means? What's what do you what do you find as far as what's out there and what do they what do people think? Well, yeah, I'm chuckling, Phil, because um, you would imagine it goes the entire um, spectrum from yes, Rick. We have no true. Uh, methodical reporting and so the first thing that I do is sit down and say look going back to the lightweight and pragmatic let's pick mm-hmm. let's pick 3 to 3 to 6 things that we're going to measure yeah and let's develop reporting and and dashboards around those uh, and I say that because on the other end of the continuum you know, I've got one client that is measuring everything to the fifth decimal point and I, I'm, I'm like Number one, you know, 80, 80% of this is meaningless. And second thing is you're measuring a lot of the wrong things. Ah, most interesting. That's a great point, Rick. You can measure a lot of stuff, but once again, very similar to what I talked about earlier with an enablement team kind of overdoing things, you can also overmeasure. And that's a yeah. great example, I think, Rick, of that, isn't it really? Yes. Yeah. yeah, you overmeasure because some things you just look at and you kind of look at. Yeah, we put it down on a report or a dashboard someplace, but so what? So I find well, that very interesting. Here's, here's the catch twenty two of that, Phil. Um, yeah, I've got a client right now that probably thirty percent of the selling organization's time is spent entering information oh, that boy. is being measured. That's 30% mm. of their selling time. And if you think about wow. five days a week, that's a day and a half of a week of, of non-customer-facing time that people are doing administrative work that is you know, largely perceived by the rank and file as low or no value. But they're doing it. But they're, and that's, but they're doing that's it. That's a great example. You know, that's crazy. That's just crazy. But, Rick, you bring up a great point because I know you've seen this probably more than I have given what the great work the tech CXO has done. But so many times, especially in the day and age where we've got so many tools out there, selling time is spent not on selling. It's spent on data entry, data management, report generation, anything but selling. Right. And that's just not a great way to use time. No, spending more time yeah. managing the numbers than you are actually in high value, you know, interactions with customers right. and prospects. Yeah. So, folks, if that's one of the things that you're faced with, either as a seller or as a selling manager, you should raise your flag up and say, "Wait a minute, this doesn't seem to make sense to me." And I've I've had customers, Reg, who talk about spending sometimes higher numbers. 30% or higher, as you indicated, doing not selling. And, and I, think, I think one of the things we could all agree on, those of us who are listening and, and everybody else, is selling is hard enough as it is right now, just with basics. And so you're already in competition. The last thing that you, you need to do is to put more roadblocks in your way. So if you find that your sales force is spending a high percentage of their time not selling, 
that should be a red flag to you. So I think, Rick, that's the kind of phone call that I'm guessing you probably get pretty frequently. I do, and I mean, here's here's a thought, and again, and it goes back to the to the to the human law of common sense. Yeah. When I am uh, uh, in a coaching session with a with a, with a sales professional, and it and it's about metrics and measurements, I go through yeah. the metric or the measurement, and I I connect the dots, if you will. Phil, yeah. you know this. This is this is what we're measuring. This is why right. we're measuring it. This is why it's important to you in your role with the business. You know, this is why mm-hmm. this, this is important. And by the way, from a corporate standpoint, this is how this metric fits into measuring the overall health and well-being of the organization. And if you if you can't right. have that dialogue. With with someone yeah. in in those words, you really have to wonder why you're measuring what you're what you're measuring. Yeah, because at the rep level, uh, even worse, we measure a lot of things, but we never and we ask salespeople to do a lot of the activities that we're talking about, but we never converse with them about. Mm-hmm. Them. Shame on us as leadership for for not yeah. following up and following through with that. I think that's a great point, you know, Rick. Rick and I, I think what's really fascinating to me is you've talked about you know measuring only three to six things. So, folks, if you find you are measuring many things, raise your hand and say, "Wait a minute! It takes me a lot of my time away from actually selling." to help get all this data together, and I question the value of what I'm putting together. If you're a selling manager and and the higher-level managers are asking you for it, same thing, because you probably aren't able to help your sales team as much as you'd like to if you're being pulled into that situation. Going back to what Rick said earlier about what percentage of your managing time is spent not managing, not coaching, not helping, but having to put together reports. Because anytime you're getting that, I think Rick would tell us that we're probably going down a bad path. Yes. Yeah, so I think that's, that's a great way to look at this, Rick. And so, folks, what, what Rick's talked about here I think is very valuable is, you know, you've got to understand what you should be measuring, what you should be managing, what type of data along the value chain you should be looking at and the type and quality of it. uh, We want to understand the roles and responsibilities of all the various parties involved. And and Rick made a great comment about being efficient and effective, about pipeline management, forecast management, and making sure we're really only measuring three to six things. So if you try and measure everything, then your selling team spends a lot of their time not selling, I spend a lot of time filling out reports. Is that a fair way to look at it, Rick? That's, that is a fair way to look at it, Phil. Yeah, and I, I guess that's what you see a lot in your world these days is teams that are just out there and they're working. And, again, folks, this is not about not working hard. No one's suggesting people are not working hard. But we, we, we have to talk a lot about in this day and age of data and over data, you know, there's so much data, working smarter. 
I think that's really where Rick, where you're going with this, Rick. Is, it, is that a fair way to look at it? That's a fair way to look at it, Phil. Yeah. So we want to be very smart about this. We want to make sure that we're doing the smart data. So when you talk to folks internally, figure out where you are and what you want to do, but not overdo it. And it may be interesting because Rick and I both being in the sales enablement profession, you know, you think we'd like to try and throw all this stuff at you. And in fact, what you've heard Rick talk about is it's lightweight and it needs to be, you know, practical. And everything that Rick's talked about so far has been lightweight and practical as being part of the, the journey he wants to help people go on. And I would encourage you all to think about that very hard. And if you don't feel like your sales process is that today, well, then, Rick, how can they get a hold of Tech, tech C, uh, CXO? Our website is www.techcxo.com. And if you'd yeah. like to chat with me, uh, as Phil uh, mentioned, I'm, I'm a managing partner in the firm. It's Rick, R-I-C-K, dot Nichols, N-I-C-H-O-L-S, at techcxo.com. Uh, and, we're, you know, really, our, our entire corporate mission is really is, is client value. We measure ourselves mm-hmm. by the success of our clients, and, and in many cases... Yes. We share, we share risk in, in, in that. Yeah. So. When we come back, we're going to give you guys some great takeaway items. Rick's going to give you some things you can walk away with no matter where you are in the world, any of those 76 countries he's been in and the many that I've been in. So we'll be right back after this short timeout on sales execution optimization. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Maverin Sales and Marketing is a methodology independent and worldwide resource to help organizations better execute on sales process, sales coaching, sales planning, territory development, partner execution, and related topics. The organization works across all industries. Sales has certain elements that are beyond training and are better addressed by a company like Maverin, where each situation is unique. Reach out to Maverin by email at psbmaverin at gmail.com or call 404-840-4927. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. is Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO. To reach Phil Bush or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to psbush at bellsouth.net. Now, back to Sales Execution Optimization. And welcome back, friends all over the world. Thank you for joining us today, wherever you might be, morning, noon, or night. And, and Rick, we just had a great conversation about some of the things about measurement and management. And I really felt like you really put some things out there that were really very practical and very powerful. How would you summarize that whole area that we just talked about in your own words? 
Well, think about it. The, the success of anything in life is really sustainability. Yes. And so where I'm going with that comment, Phil, is, you know, as practitioners, as sales enablement practitioners, um, I say this as much for myself as for anyone that's listening today, resist the flavor of the day. Ah, Adopt something and stick with it. Mm. The second thing is measure it. You know, measure it, um, you know, with the uh, the conversation that we had, practically, pragmatically. Mm -hmm. That's very good, Rick. I think it's incredible. You know, world class. uh, I've played sports throughout my entire life. And I got to tell you, great teams, great performers have great self-discipline and great team discipline. And discipline goes with standards and expectations. If you're going to enforce standards and expectations, you know, enforce both not not only the rewards part of the equation, but but discipline as as well. Um, Yeah. Develop a culture of accountability. Self accountability, you know, and team team accountability. That's yeah. I think that's great, Rick. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. And and like you said, folks, if you're taking notes out there, you just got a couple of big ones right there because it's very easy to try and go from you know pretty shiny object to shiny object in the sales world. And what you just heard Rick tell you is don't do that. Don't resist the flavor of the day because, you know, sustainability is a critical thing in this industry. And I don't care what you're selling and where you are in the world. Changing it all the time won't get you anywhere. It simply won't. It just doesn't work very well. So, Rick, now if, if you were from talking the to our audience today. Per, I'm sorry, Phil. No, go ahead. Now, I was going to say, think about it. From the individual contributors, and I actually had, I had someone tell me this in one of my operating roles. Yeah. Said, you know, Rick, you're the sixth sales leader that I've had since I've been here. Yeah. And you know what? I'm just going to wait you out, and I'm going to wait this out <laughs> because this too shall pass. And so yeah. from, from, a, from a, you know, a sales professional and a sales management perspective it's the oh my goodness let's just wait this out it'll pass in about six months six months from now mm-hmm. we'll we'll be on to the next flavor of the day and right. because of that you get no you get no continuity and that creates drag yeah. on the organization mm-hmm. yeah and again so folks uh, you know one of the things and rick i've seen that kind of mentality in organizations just like you have and um so folks if you if you feel like just because this person's new in the role you're going to wait them out to the next one you know you've got to try and stay with some standards because if you don't well at some point in time you're eventually you know you're going to take the entire organization down with you and that's that gets pretty crazy so I think Rick leaves you a really great framework there, which is, you know, he used some really key words there. You know, one of them was sustainability, you know, avoiding the flavor of the day, measurement, and, and discipline. So, Rick, you know, if you're talking to an organization, you know, anybody, 
and it, let's just say it could be anywhere in the world, and I realize you work across many industries just like, uh, like many of us do, what can an organization do to start establishing a going forward framework? What, what would be the steps that you would say if you were talking to somebody and saying, hey, you know, whoever it is, we know these certain things have to happen? Um, definitely understand your market and how your customer buys. Uh, you know, resist the uh, egotistical and egalitarian attitude of, well, this is the way we're going to sell. And, you know, I chuckle yeah. all over the world and I say, you know what, that's great, but how does your customer buy? Right. So understand your, understand your market and your customer. Develop a very, a very um, simplistic process that aligns well with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, develop develop metrics for um, for uh, and standards of 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 what what you expect from from the team beyond. Yeah. Well, Rick, it's just about the numbers. No, it's about more no, than the not. numbers. Exactly. Well said, Rick. Uh, it, one yeah. of the things, Phil, we haven't touched on, and I know I know we're running close to short of time. Mm-hmm. And this is specifically for enablement um, in every aspect of leadership. Develop a coaching and mentoring culture. Yes. Uh, if you want a, high, a, a more highly engaged employee and if you want a more satisfied employee, you've got to be proficient in coaching and ment- mentoring. And that is yeah. a lost art in today's you know, time-starved, fast-paced world. That's, that's oh, you're right. It always drops to the bottom or off off the list. Yeah, it does. You're right, and I think you may you use two really important words there: right? mentoring and coaching. And you know, how, how many times do people get trained in those two things in this day and age? And the answer, in my view, is not enough. Very rarely. No. Yeah. So uh, great points, Rick. I couldn't agree more. But you've talked on three things already, you know. And I think the first thing you said, though, I thought was very, very deep there, which is, do we all agree on how our customer buys? Because I've seen organizations where that discussion can be become—I won't say an argument, but shall we say a debate—inside yeah. the organization. So that's critical to understand that. So that's good. And the metrics and standards and developing that mentoring and coaching culture is so important. One of the things that I've noticed, Rick, and I'm sure you have too, is, you know, as as the audience, you know, the, the people in various roles of management or enablement, sometimes the enablement role gets pushed away or gets kind of downplayed. And they just they, the attitude I've seen amongst people is, well, that's what our managers do. They coach and they mentor. And then you wonder, well, did we ever really train the managers on coaching and mentoring? And I guess that's what you're talking about, right? Exactly. More than yeah. one client of mine, and even in my operating career, you know, we take somebody that's been a very successful individual contributor, we promote them into a leadership position, They've got a team under them, and we'd say, "Good luck, go get yeah. them." Right, and it's very and it's very Darwinian. It is. 
It is, and it's, it seems to be the same thing we see over and over again. And it, I've seen it in multiple cultures, multiple environments. So, folks, wherever you are listening into this, is don't think that because you're in country X or region Y, you know, we see it everywhere, Rick and I do. We see it all over the place. So, you know, and the most important thing for those of you who are managers, Rick said you were very successful as an individual contributor, and now you're in a management role. You know, one of the most important things I try to get people to do is ask for help. Ask for help. Because I see a lot of people thinking they're not, if they, if they ask for help, that it's a sign of weakness. Well, it's not a sign of weakness, folks. It's actually a sign of you want to do a better job and you want to be strong in what you do. So get someone like a Rick Nichols and his team to help you. Because that's what you need. So... So those are three things, Rick, is how does the customer buy, understanding the metrics and standards, and developing that very important, very, very important mentoring and coaching culture in your organization, which I think is so powerful if you do it the right way. This changes everything, I think, if you really – and one of the things that I'll say that I, I want to make sure, and I know you believe this, Rick, because you've said it to me before – this has got to be something that is throughout the organization. This can't be done within a sales force by itself. No. Is that a fair statement, Rick? That's a fair statement. Typically, we, we come into our clients' organizations through the board and or the CEO, mm-hmm. and there's a word that we introduce into our conversations very early in our dialogue. Are you committed to yeah. change? And you are go. you committed to supporting you know, the journey that we're, that we're going to take your team on. Mm-hmm. And the, commit, the commitment word from the top is critical to success. Yeah. I know that I'm saying things that are patently obvious, but unfortunately, common sense, not common practice. Right. So, again, it, I think, Rick, to you and I, it's pretty clear, but to many folks out there, they may be thinking, wow, this is that big a thing. Yeah, folks, this is that big a thing because if you don't do it on the top-down basis, invariably you're going to be back to some of the baseline problems that Rick talked about early in our discussion here. So be committed to the change and support it. Support the whole journey because if you don't, well, you're going to run into trouble. And we see so many organizations struggle in, in selling and, folks, one of the things that I'll say that uh, can probably get me in trouble in multiple different environments that I've been in before is this isn't about do I have a good or not a good product. Not about that at all. No. This is about the process that Rick talks about here. I think that's really critical. So, fair statement, Rick? Fair statement, Phil. Yeah. Very fair. You know, and so, Rick, you've taken us on a great journey today. I'm really, really happy to have you with me today as our guest. And you talked about early on the notion of the notion of the process, making sure you understood the, the, where things are going. Talking, you talked about having a, both a practical and lightweight process, which I think is so critical in the overall scheme of things. And you made a great comment, and you talked about, uh, as opposed to having 10 of everything, you tried to say you wanted to have Clapton's Greatest Hits, kind of the 
the best of the best of the various piece parts that will help this organization that you're working with. And I think that's, that's all very potent. And I think those are all really good things. And, Rick, then you took us on the journey of measurement and management, which people get hung up on a lot. And I know we've, we've both experienced that in spades before, depending on where you are. And you talked a lot about figuring out where the continuum of the value chain is, understanding the roles and responsibilities, and understanding that pipeline management, forecast management, they're different, they're related, but they're different. And you've got to figure out the three to six things that you can practically measure. Practical being the key word there. And finally, the nature, and you made the comment, which I think is so powerful, and I hope all of you get this, is folks, don't get hung up on flavor of the day. Don't do it, because you're going to end up getting yourself into some real trouble. And so, and then Rick, at the end, you talked a lot about the nature of understanding how's the customer buy, the metrics and standards, and you talked about developing the culture, uh, the mentoring and and coaching culture, and then you talked about how you work from the top down, making sure everyone is committed to the change, and are you committed to supporting the change? So folks, take away this from what you heard from Rick Nichols and, and Tech CXO today. Rick, talk about again how to get a hold of you. It's rick.nichols at techcxo.com. Great. And I think, folks, you when you want to talk about somebody who's lived it in 76 countries in many different environments, you're talking to Rick Nichols, and he's done it, he's been there, he's done that, and Rick, really, really appreciate your time today being on the show and, and taking the time to think, talk through all these topics because I know this is kind of what you have to do all the time with your clients, but it's very, very important. And I think you've left our audience with a lot of things. And next week, folks, so, Rick, thank you very much. I think you learned a lot today, and don't forget that word that Rick tossed in there as well, discipline. That's important. Next week, we we'll back again at... Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. My guest will be Glenn Fitzgerald. Glenn is going to be talking about personal branding, very important topic, and he's a worldwide sales success leader in that area, and he'll talk about that, and he'll give us some ideas. So, folks, for Rick Nichols and our entire crew here at Voice America, this is Phil Bush saying thank you once again for joining us at Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO. We will see you down the road. Thank you for listening this week. Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO, can be heard live every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week. 